Hello and welcome to episode two of Niche Upon a Star and today we're going to be talking to the wonderful Megan Douglas. Megan Douglas is known online as Megan Rose Freelance. She's a brand copywriter and she has a fabulous positive online presence. She's also grown her business herself. Megan set up on her own and overcame some challenges that she faced in the very early part of her business which she actually spun into gold and she's going to talk about that a little bit. She's also going to talk about having a clear vision and how from the very beginning in fact she understood what it was she was supposed to be doing and who it was that she was supposed to be doing it for. Megan I think is somebody who's absolutely amazing at having clarity, having purpose and just getting on with it and she talks as well about the practicalities of what needs to be done to promote a business and how she went about getting her first clients which I think is really interesting and really valuable so without further ado let's get going I love what I do um I feel really as such a cliche isn't it but I feel really lucky to do what I do um yeah absolutely I'd spent 20 years or so working in jobs that I enjoyed but by the end particularly wasn't um and to be able to work for myself, choose my own clients, um, work the way I want to, be creative, take the, the credit for everything that goes well, um, not be able to kind of go, oh, it wasn't just me, I have to share it with my team, um, which would always be my kind of default previous things like, oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. Um, I can't do that anymore. I have to kind of accept that something, if something went well, it was me. Um, so yeah, lots of aspects to it that I've Your background is that you previously had a team, now you're very much your own person. What was the reason behind that leap that you made? I'd got to a point where I was just frustrated and um, a bit miserable. Public sector, everything being cut and cut and cut. Um, so I quit my job um, with nothing to go to apart from a vague idea that I might want to look into copywriting. Um, and, yeah, I thought I would just give it a go and see what happens. So I took a few months off over the summer. I'd always been either at school or uni or at work. I suddenly realised that I didn't want that to be my everyday forever. So I was like, I deserve some time off. Yeah. And I think it's probably something a lot of people can relate to, that feeling of that first step away from what you're used to being terrifying. And then how on earth do you then move forwards? So what did you do next? Um, So I started my website and started joining in things like the Twitter chats, Content Club UK and things. I probably started that before I actually started my business because I thought I'm going to get the confidence in myself that I can tell people that I'm a copywriter, even if I haven't got a lot of work yet or, or whatever, and get, get known. So I kind of would be joining in with the freelance community um, in quite a sort of um, quiet way. And if anybody asked me to do any work, I'd just be like, I don't have capacity at the moment, which was true. Did not have mental capacity to do anything. So... Um, so I kind of started to hang out in those places and get known and start to get some work eventually. And then, so that was around about September time after I'd had the summer. And then in 
October, end of October, I um, got quite ill and was in hospital then for only for a few days, but for about six months I was in quite a lot of pain and I wasn't really able to to work um, properly, I would say. So, um, and actually I think that was the best thing that happened to my business in a way, because it really focused my mind. It meant that I couldn't um, get the fear and go and get a job because I wasn't well enough. Um, so I think I developed a sort of a massive consistency of approach um, just through necessity um, which yeah I think is the best thing for business I think I might have got the fear and gone and got a job if I'd been able to if that makes sense it was um, an unconventional start to having a business and it's not one that I would necessarily uh, recommend people chase off so I started I'd got my own website up and running and I got some, I did quite a lot of blog posts and promoting those through social so that I was then getting website traffic and my SEO was going up. So some of my first clients actually found me through the website, um, which was, you know, found me through Google, which was a huge um, bonus. So I had a mix of clients in that first few months. There was a couple that came from people, because one of the things that I did was you know I just talked to people that I know about what was what I was doing so you're sort of there's that sort of imposter syndrome thing of like um realizing that you are a professional copywriter and you can do this um and not being you know, having that confidence I think and putting yourself out there you did such a good job of promoting yourself you approached it like a marketing manager with your marketing manager's head on so you set about writing really great content, promoting it on social, just like you would do as a head of marketing. And then you realised those leads were going to bounce back to you. And yeah. actually, the fish that you'd reeled in were rather large. Yeah, I know. I remember one that um, asked me for a quote. And I sent the quote to one of my friends who was in a similar job to the person that was to the client. Um, because I was like, this feels like a very large amount of money for some words is this really like this can't be right and she came back to me and said no that's pretty much what I would expect to be paying someone for that you know if I sent them that brief um so that was very interesting because you know you actually start to, to do it and to cost things up and you go whoa I can't charge four figures for some words um which of course you can um but it's it's finding those finding your feet and making mistakes and just being okay with that and trusting your gut, that's my biggest advice to anybody starting out, is to trust your gut. Don't trust the sort of, the scared bit of your gut that's going to tell you that you can't do things, because that's always going to be there. Just follow your gut, you've got good instincts, just just keep with that. And so I've always, um, that's how I've always run my business. That's really wonderful. I think what comes across from when you first started talking about how you approached your business is that you just followed your nose and yeah. that you had the good instinct to do some networking online, that you had the good instinct to take time out when your body needed it and your mind needed it. And then you had the good instinct to gently promote your business in a way that felt authentic. But you've said, you've mentioned that you made some mistakes 
um, in those early months. And I'd be interested to hear what maybe a couple of those mistakes were that you really managed to learn some great lessons from. Yeah, I mean, that's tricky. I can't, this is, again, this is going to sound really cheesy. I try not to think of them as mistakes. Um, they're just things that happened and you move on from it. But there were definitely, you know, um, people that, uh, I think just when I wasn't following my gut, so there was one client who I did the work for them. They came back to me and said, I don't want, I've changed my mind about what I want. I don't want to use this anymore and I can't pay for work that I'm not going to use. And I was like, but oh, that's what you asked me to do and I did it you signed a contract you know um and I think I if I'd followed my gut on that client I wouldn't have worked with them in the first place um so I think it, it comes down to things like yeah under quoting because you haven't believed in what you and I still do that you know um overthink things and, and quote too little but then and maybe this is my approach to mistakes. You just like, you pick yourself up, you move on, you learn from it for next time. Or you accept that, that, that you're just someone who's always going to underquote a bit. And if you feel more comfortable that way, then that's fine. Or I think there's so much in business where people will tell you what you should be doing, especially when you're new to business. But also going on, you know, and everybody's like, you need to have a business plan and you need to have a... Um, a mailing list and a newsletter and you should be doing social media and you should be doing LinkedIn every day or whatever but and there's there's all these kind of guides to to how you do that and having your marketing calendar and stuff but actually if everybody does that then everybody's doing the same thing. The whole point of having a business is that you do what suits you and I think you're absolutely yeah. right you have a choice. Yeah and, yeah, and the, the fact that if <clears> it almost becomes a stick to beat yourself with when there's all these other small businesses out there that are kind of peddling ways to run your business. Oh, yes. And I think when it comes to actually my business, I am quite protective of it and a bit defensive of it. I generally do, am quite happy to walk away. If I have enough money in the bank, I can do that, which isn't always the case. But <laughs> um, I worked, one of my first jobs out of uni actually was um, on a customer complaints line for a toy company which um, was getting a lot of complaints because the delivery company was not delivering. They were, I think, just taking the toys. But anyway, um, they, the customer service training that I was given in that job for answering those calls was some of the best training that I've ever had and I have used it in every job since. And a lot of it was about kind of negotiation and knowing what your red lines are and knowing that you don't have to go past those you can just walk away um so i think in terms of clients that was quite useful um because if someone really started pushing boundaries i would be able to just say look this is how this isn't working for me this is how i can work this is how we can make this work um otherwise i'm happy to you know, to move on and we can put this behind us and just try not to try not to take it personally. You always do take it a bit personally, but that kind of separation, I think, between me and my business 
is really important. And that's partly why my, so my business name is Megan Rose. Rose is my middle name. Um, but I wanted to work under Megan Rose because it gives me a bit of separation in my head. Um, that's very clever. Again, that came from the, uh, that first job at the toy company. They told us to use a different name. Wow. So that somebody was shouting at you or even, you know, writing complaints letters about you because they're just unhappy with the company. Um, it wouldn't have your name on it and it feels less personal because it generally wasn't my fault that their climbing frame hadn't arrived or that their tricycle was missing a wheel or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I was Becky for a year and a bit of working there. So, um, yeah, I used to, it was quite difficult to learn to answer the phone and not call myself Becky for a little while. That's fascinating. <laughs> but it's really, really powerful. Everybody was um, a bit kind of sceptical at first in the office when the new customer services manager came in and said it, but it's really true. It makes an awful lot of sense and it's very similar to what people do when they go from being a freelancer to a limited business. Yeah. But you're, you're kind of the um, foresight that you showed in actually putting that in place before you even set up, creating a separate name for yourself and identifying your red lines and having the courage to walk away. All these skills, I think, that in lots of us take years to develop. And I'm sure yeah. your clients appreciated that in the early days. There's the client who sees you as their dog's body and there's the client who sees you as their expert and they are entirely different. Um, and I think that that's something that really guided me from an early stage when I realised that because I think I was being treated like a dog's body by a client. Um, I was like, no, you're hiring me because I'm good at this and because I'm the expert at this, not because you can't be bothered to do it. Um, and I think that was something that was really important um, in terms of like following your gut and that kind of thing. I try and almost um, categorise the client when you first get an email from them or first talk to them into one of those two. That's so interesting. And expert versus dog's body. So beyond the beyond the, like, I feel like we're now getting closer towards the niching of your business, although. It sounds like from the very beginning, you you followed your own star really nicely. But you're talking about now the process by which you chose the platforms that you wanted to be present on. And you also started to be more selective about the work that came in. And I'm interested in how that came about. How did you go from kind of sitting on a bench, being a freelancer, not really knowing what you're doing, to then saying, okay, I'm going to choose Instagram and I'm going to choose to post this often. I'm going to choose to post about these things. Did that come to you naturally or was it a process of trial and error? Like how did that process of niching feel and how did you get through it? Um, I don't think there's been a lot of conscious thought about how I've done things like Instagram. Certainly in how I do my website has been there's been a lot of thought and a lot of iterations over the years. Um, I start. I, I love variety, so I don't ever really want to close the door and say I don't do things. Um, and so I've always kind of said that I don't really have a niche, but I think I sort of have <laughs> in a way. Um, I when I got to a point where 
I could start turning work away because I had enough work, um, I started to focus in on the type of work that I enjoy, or not even to focus in on the type of work I enjoy, but I started to close off doors to the type of work I don't enjoy. Um, so I stopped offering blog posts to most of my clients. There's the odd one that I'll still do them for. Um, and I stopped offering social media on the same basis. And um, those sort of a lot of that stuff that actually turns into retainers, which is maybe not the best business model, but you know. Um, so my work is quite project focused um, and it tends to be the stuff that's kind of building the brand. Um, but I do quite a lot of work with charities and um, some quite big charities kind of writing reports and strategy documents and that kind of stuff for them. That work comes to me through other channels um, other than my website. So the, the way I present myself on my website is very much tailored to the work that I enjoy but which I find the hardest to get. Um, so it might appear that I have a sort of niche for um, product-based B2C brands um, doing brand work. But that's just because that's, I find that a lot of that work goes to agencies, so I have to try the hardest to get that. Um, and actually quite a lot of my time is spent doing other things that I just don't have to market to a niche. That's very interesting. And I'm not sure I've explained that very no, well. No, <laughs> trust me, you've explained it beautifully. So let's just go back over that. You yeah. have a website that is focused on the work that you find most enjoyable yet hardest to get yet you also have a pipeline of regular work in a different sector that comes to you sort of through the ether which you're through also referrals. happy to do through referrals so you've yeah. got almost like a word of mouth network where people um, are referring yeah. you within a network for a specific thing but you have also got a website that's geared towards a separate niche so you've got almost two different plates spinning would you say that's fair yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, so the, the referral work just um, spins on its own. You know? <laughs> and then the website is there to bring in the stuff that I really, really love doing. And there is, so there is a page on my website about charities that I work for. But that's just there so that I can send that page to the charity clients when they get in touch. Um, but I don't, it took me a long time to realise that my website and the way that I present myself in my marketing doesn't need to reflect my whole business or my whole me it just needs to reflect it needs to it's there to do a job um and for me that's to attract those lovely clients that you know i'm working with a fmcg food brand at the moment um, on their new website and um i love that kind of work you know i really really love that kind of work um but it very often will go to a big agency so that's that's where i need to kind of um put my energy I suppose is yeah. in attracting those bits well that's really interesting so you're conscious of your boundaries you're conscious of your energy and your time in a very I think kind of refreshing way but you've also got a beautiful business that you've grown that now has almost like two arms you've had the ability through that process to learn from your mistakes and say no to things like social media and ongoing content that you don't enjoy as much. And you've now developed into the business that you've got now. And I hope that, you yeah. know, you're feeling that sense of achievement that you should feel and less of that sense of being an imposter 
because from where I'm sitting at least, I have a huge amount of respect for what you have achieved. My last question is that if you could go back to the very beginning and mm-hmm. give yourself some advice, what would that be? That would be going right back to the trusting your gut and um, doing what feels right um, and not letting yourself overthink things. Wonderful. Well, I am going to sign off there. Thank you so much, Megan, for um, agreeing to talk to me today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And I um, I just um, know what you're saying just now. I am so proud of my business um, and so proud of what I've achieved. And actually, it's I feel like I have. Um, I've, I feel like I've done it and anything now is a bonus. You know, I have achieved um, what I set out to do. So it's not working towards a goal. I'm there. Amazing. Thank you so much. And that was Megan Rose talking beautifully about her business and how she set about uh, creating a business, putting her very first um, online presence out there, and then how she established boundaries with clients and herself, how she grew her business, and how she got to where she is now. And I think it's incredible, the presence of mind and the sort of clarity that Megan had, and how she used separate business name, how she focused very, very sensibly on building an online presence first and took on work gradually and how she created a real sense of her own identity separately. What an amazing and inspiring conversation. I really enjoyed it and love following Megan online. So I would recommend you do that if you don't already. And next week, we've got another inspiring um, episode up ahead, which I'm looking forward to releasing. And in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. This has been 